Why do you value taking care of your health to help a run a better football team? Why is it so important to you? Well, you know, as I go, everyone else goes, you know, because everyone's looking to me to set the tone and set the pace. You know, I have to be at my best and I can't afford to have a bad day. That my health is, is paramount to being able to, to, to be at my best. Welcome back to another Rest, Eat, Move podcast. And today we're in for a really big treat. I've learned to love this guy over the last couple of years, and his name is Mel Tucker. He's the head football coach at Michigan State University, and he's going on his third year, coming off 11-2 and record and winner of the Peach Bowl, which is incredible. You've really, I mean, this whole, our whole community is going crazy. He's married to uh, his wife, Jojo, and he has uh, uh, two sons, Joe and Christian. And a beautiful thing my daughter told me about uh, Mel's two boys, that they have the same birthday. They do. And they're two, they're two years apart. That's unbelievable. It is, isn't it? He turned 50 January 4th, uh, born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, played football at Cleveland Heights, and then went on to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, Again, I'm going to let him go elaborate a little more. He was at the University of Colorado, Jacksonville Jaguars, and many more. But welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. We're here at your uh, amazing uh, palace. <laughs> we walked in here. And I'm like, what is this place? This is, a, this is the headquarters of, of Spartan football. So um, take us a little down little path early on. Yeah, sure. And thanks for, for reminding me that I turned 50 not too long ago. So <laughs> I was trying to get past that. I thought I had dealt hey, with it, but now you brought back you got some, a long ways to catch some, up to me. Emotions, so so I'm, I'm still working through that. But no, yeah, sure. So, yes, I'm, I'm from uh, the Cleveland area. I went to Cleveland Heights High School. I graduated in 1990 and I went to uh, University of Wisconsin to play football for Coach Alvarez. I was in his first recruiting class um, and uh, graduated in 95 with an ag business degree. And then I decided to get into coaching in 97 uh, here at Michigan State. Uh, coach Saban um, recruited me when I was in high school, when he was the head coach at Toledo, where my dad played. And so I wanted to be a defensive back coach. At that time, uh, Coach Saban was regarded as the best uh, defensive back coach in the country, college or pro. And so I called him up and he hired me as a graduate assistant. So uh, I was basically the lowest guy on the totem pole here for two years, uh, making 400 bucks a month, coaching, uh, <laughs> been a graduate assistant uh, defensive back coach for Coach Saban, and he helped me uh, get a full-time job and uh, for the 99 season at Miami of Ohio. And then when Coach Saban left and went to LSU, um, I was fortunate enough to uh, have an opportunity to to coach with him there. So I was his defensive backs coach there. And from there, I went on to Ohio State where we won a national championship with uh, Coach Trestle. And um, and then uh, I went on to uh, to the NFL for 10 years. So Cleveland Browns, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Chicago Bears. So after you were at Ohio State, how did you get into the pros? I mean, was it just an opportunity? You had connections, all of the above? I think it was all the all of the above. I've uh, it's 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 uh, it's kind of funny you ask that because the first job that 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 I got at Miami of Ohio, 
like I was actively trying to get that job. Like I, I needed a job. I mean, like I was like, I had no cash. You know, I was like, I gotta get, I gotta get a, a real coaching job. And so, I actively sought that job, and that was actually because of a relationships, a relationship that I had with the new head coach. Um, he had recruited me when I was in high school, and he remembered me. You know, and so. Um, but after that job, I, I have never looked for a job. And so um, in the, the, uh, in, in the college game, you know, you're, the players are being scouted um, by the, the NFL, the NFL um, pro scouts. You know, they're, they're scouting the, the players, the college players all, all year round. Um, but I found out uh, very quickly that they're also scouting for coaches as well. And when you're at a place like Ohio State and you have good players, and you develop good players, and they see you developing good players, and they go on to the NFL, then people start to take notice. And I believe that's hmm. what happened with me. We, we, had, we had a lot of success there, a lot of good defensive backs that, um, that were going on to the NFL that, that um, we developed there, and, and I, I, had a, I had a role in that. And so, um, you know, Phil Savage, who uh, had ties to Nick Saban, from the Cleveland Browns days back in the day, sure. And uh, you know he was uh, he he became the general manager for for uh, for the Cleveland Browns, my hometown team. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, Romeo Cornell was named the head coach, and he had just won a Super Bowl with Bill Belichick, who also has really strong ties to, to Coach Saban. And so, um, you know, I had an opportunity to go home and and uh, and coach for my hometown team, the Brownies, man, and. Uh, and so that was, you know, connections, you know, um, there, Jacksonville, Chicago, you know, back to Alabama with Coach Saban, then on to Georgia, University of Colorado as as a head coach. And, and then, then along the way, like you said, they're not, you weren't really looking for. No. They're just talking about it, different yeah. opportunities. Yeah. But they, you kind of know it gets to a fraternity where you're, everybody's kind of nosy who's out there and. Yeah. And then, so before we jump into a couple of things, I want to ask you. So you're at Colorado. You've been there what a few years, one year, one season, one season, right? Yeah. So, how does this come about? Uh, Coach Dan, Coach D'Antonio uh, retired. Um, uh, you know, the day before the the February signing date, and and um, and uh, and so there was. Uh, Michigan State was looking for a head coach, and you know, I had Michigan State ties. Sure, it was my first, right. my first job was here in '97, and uh, you know I'm from Cleveland. I went to Wisconsin. You know I'm a Big Ten guy, and and um, and so it kind Did of. Did you kind of have to pinch yourself a little bit and say, okay, this is where I started, making four hundred dollars. Was it a month? A month. Yes. A month. Yes. So you're four hundred dollars a month, and now you're the head coach. Isn't that something? That's something. That's yeah. craziness. Only in America. So, so if you were talking to people, like, what was it? I mean, there's that just make that's just craziness that you could be from that position, and it's was a '97, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're. I mean, it's not that long. I mean, no. it seems kind of long for you, but maybe not. But those two years here were long. Right. They were like dog years, man. <laughs> but I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. No, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's almost like a kind of like a fairy tale type. It, deal. It's incredible, yeah. Like you said, only in America. 
So there's a lot, like there's a lot of words around here. I've gotten to know you. We did some training together. Um, one of the things I, I, I really, when I first met you, you were you were a learner. You were curious, you know. And, and people in your position sometimes they're in a hurry. I never really felt that with you. You were really I, I want to learn this stuff. I want to learn how to get better, you know, whatever. But that curiosity. But I see a lot of stuff in here. Relentless, process driven. But I really like. I want to talk about effort for a minute. How do you evaluate effort? Well, I've never been I've never been asked that before. How do I evaluate effort? Really, what what I'm what I what I'm looking for and part and a big part of our culture and it's really the foundation of what we do is having a relentless mindset, and that's high velocity and that's nonstop, and so um, I can always evaluate what someone's doing um, by how relentless they are. You know, are they if a guy's running to the football, does he have upper body violence? You know, are people going about their business with a sense of urgency? You know, and, um, you know, a lot of times you can evaluate uh, people or situations based upon experience. So having won two national championships, being a part of staffs that won two national championships and, play, and playing for a third, you know, and being at the, at the NFL level and all the experience I've had, uh, I know what extreme effort looks like. Mm. I know what that looks like. And so for me, that's the standard. And we're not ever going to lower the standard for anyone. People have to raise their raise their level uh, to the standard. And so then the question becomes, well, how how do you relate that to the players? How do you um, how do you teach effort? How do they know what the standard is? Well, then it's the delivery of the information. You know, you're talking to them about it and then you have to demonstrate that mm. you have to lead by example, you know, and set the pace you know, as, as a coach, as a coaching staff. And then we have to also show them examples of extreme effort, whether it's in football, or it could be basketball, it could be any sport, it could be any endeavor, video, you know, uh, photographs, you know, audio, anything that you can do to get the point across to capture these young men's minds, uh, you have to do. And so uh, that's how we go about uh teaching and coaching effort and the other things that are are critically important to the culture of our program. So high velocity, how do you, how do you, I guess I'm not quite sure what that means. It means, it means speed and, and urgency. And, um, you know, we're in a hurry, but we're not rushing. Okay. You know, and so it's, uh, it's how we go about our business. Everyone has 24 hours in a day, all of us. And, you know, we're, we're competing at a very high level. And, you know, at, at the top where the very best compete, success is measured in inches, we don't have time to waste. Right, so that's the urgency comes in and then the velocity is the speed. So you, you, you love to talk about 1% better. That's kind of what your, your theme is, is like, how do I get better day every, every day, day in and day out? Yeah. Um, we we talk to our players about the aggregation of marginal gains. You know, everyone getting a little bit better. Uh, everyone in our organization, myself, the coaching staff, the support staff, the trainers, equipment, strength and conditioning, the players, everyone getting just a little bit better every day at something. Sure. 
And you add that all up, um, you take all of our marginal gains, our micro gains that we make every day, we can do, you add that up, that's how you get better and that's how you get better fast. And that's what we've been able to do here. Well, I know you brought a dietitian on. I think that's the marginal gains, correct? Yeah, well, the gains that she's, uh, that she's, that she's helped us um, achieve are been uh, more than marginal. Right. <laughs> I've heard some of your players talk about it, how it's helped them so much. Um, so how do you motivate your team coaches yourself? How do you stay motivated? Well, um, you know, I think motivation is is something that's relatively, you know, temporary and it can be sometimes fleeting. Um, inspiration, you know, and being inspired and inspiring people, I think is more um, more long lasting. And so, you know, first and foremost, you know, we have to have a purpose. And, um, you know, part of being, you know, um, a member of a team is bonding to something that's that's bigger than yourself, and so uh, when we um, when we we state our purposes uh, to reach our very to reach our full potential, we don't want to leave anything on the table. We want to reach our full potential, and ultimately, um, we believe that that will lead us to championships. Um, with that being the goal, and that's and that's what we aspire to do, um, then the people that that are part of this organization uh, have signed up for that. And so um, everything that we do, all of our actions and our behaviors and how we live every day, which is our culture, should should reflect that. And so um, I'm I'm very blessed and fortunate. I'm surrounded um, by a um, a lot of uh, a lot of people um, that are um, have have uh, the inspiration. Um, this this intrinsic. It comes from within. They're self-starters, sure. and uh, you know they don't need to be to be told, you know, what to do. Um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times they just want to know how do you want me to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you want me to do it? And they're going to give one hundred percent. Now, uh, there are people that 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 need uh, more inspiration than others, and that's where competition comes in because this is not a recreational situation here. This is not the YMCA. Everybody doesn't get a chance to play. Right. And everyone doesn't get a chance to stay, you know, coaches and players. So, um, you know, and competition is in a large part about comparison. Mm -hmm. And so when you're comparing one uh, individual to another individual, um, you know, it's it's, uh, usually the difference is the effort and the inspiration. You know, and the desire and and the motivation to to get something done, and you can and that you can see that in in what they do, not necessarily what they say. It's all about uh, what they do. Like your actions speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. And so, you know, in a competitive environment, you know, it's cliche, but the cream uh, should rise to the top. And so, when you're thinking about analyzing talent, that how do you how do you know if they're inspired or? Or is that something they learn the culture when they come here? Or is it a little bit of both? Well, uh, you know, every 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 day is a test, okay. And we, you know, we we have things that we need to accomplish on a day to day basis, and and we have we have a lot of competition, and we try to create an environment internally here that will be harder than what we see 
mm. um, in games. And so it's a, it's a pressure cooker. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that. The practices and the environment's much more challenging than any game will be. That's, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. And so um, we create that environment, and, and, and that's the expectation. And then, um, you know, when, when, when individuals are faced with pain and pressure, you find, out, you find out very quickly, you know, what they're all about. I remember last year watching, I was with my, my daughter, Kristen, and her husband, Sean, and we're watching the U of M game. And it was really looking bleak. You mean the school down the road? That school down the road. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I just, I, I just, because I, I, I just know that that's what I felt. It was relentless. I'm not giving up. It's looking dark. But we just kept just kept going and going and going and then just slowly the momentum turned and I was thought to myself, gosh, you know, that was just inspiring to watch. And I was that was probably one of the happiest games I've ever watched that it it looks so bad, like there's no way we're gonna win. And we came around and we won. And um and I think that relentless thing just kicked in. I'm like, gosh, that's what Mel's talking about. These guys didn't give up one bit. They're going nine hundred miles an hour. Um it's all positivity. I think I, I look at that sometimes um, that when you're on the sidelines, it's once in a while you get in somebody's face, but most of the time it's more of a, a cheerleader, you know, keep going. It, the, the whole team's thriving on that. I mean, we brought your coaching staff in for a training. I could kind of feel that like everybody, Harlan Barnett comes over and gets some of our products and I just feel that. So I, I think like, how does that happen? Is that everybody... Is it intrinsically that they already come with that, or is it as a team that you build that culture of relentlessness? Well, that's part of our culture, and you know we, you know we, um, you know we 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 we're really bought into neutral thinking. You know, as a staff and as a team, we preach that. And in neutral thinking, um, is is uh, we're not going to get too high, we're not going to get too low, um, we're. We're not going to judge situations. Um, we're not right or wrong. We're not good or bad. It just is what it is. And based upon what we know to be true and what to be factual, we, what we know, then that, decide, that determines what we need to do next. You know, what's the right next step? And, um, and do next is the doing is our actions. Their actions and behaviors and those actions and behaviors create the outcome. So whether we're up 16 or down 16, you know, it's really about what do we need to do next? And, and so, um, you yeah, know, we just, that. we just keep chopping. I love that word, uh, neutral thinking. I never, I've never heard of it explained that way where I'm just keep doing the process. I'm focusing on the process. Other question I want to ask you is how has recruiting changed over the course of your career? Well, there's, uh, there's the, the, um, the availability um, of the information hmm. is uh, is really the 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 big game changer. The, the big game changer um, in my mind. I can remember, and that's because of um, you know the internet, you know uh, social media, sure things like that. I I can remember. Like back, uh, you know, before I went to the NFL, I'm at Ohio State, and we would we would have spring ball, and then we would go out um, as assistant coach. We would go out on the road uh, in the spring, 
for for a month and uh and re and recruit you know we would go out and and we were actually looking for players you know we had some awareness of where sure. players were because if you were recruited in that area before you knew some of the younger guys that were coming up you know and there were some recruiting services mm -hmm. uh i remember the john McAllister report we sit there as a staff and john would go around and and we purchased that service and we would you know we would know but that it wasn't like it, it we, you you were still you were out looking for players mm -hmm. going from school to school with questionnaires and blank sure. blank yeah. VHS tapes and and asking <laughs> coaches like do you have anybody right and they bring you know they 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 put the tape in and they would show you who they had and then and then you had to go to the next school and it's like so at that point it was how many schools can you hit in one right. day right you know because you had a, you had an area that you were responsible for and you were right. praying you were praying to God when you got to a school that you had missed someone who's already been offered by Penn State or somebody or right. someone else yeah you know well it's not like that anymore. We already know where the players are. So the transfer portal too has obviously changed everything. Oh, the transfer portal is is changed everything from uh, in college football. Um, it's a roster management uh, challenge, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's also moving more towards uh, like a model that you will see like in professional football. Mm. So in pro ball. Uh, you have the college side of it and the draft and the, and the and the pro side of it, you know, from a personnel standpoint. So the general manager, he has a staff, and he he has a one side one one part of his staff. They 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 are on the road, and they're uh, you know they're scouting the college the college players. Mm -hmm. Then on the other part of his staff, they're uh, scouting the, t the their team and the thirty one other teams mm. to be prepared for free agency. Sure. And so that's kind of here and who's over there. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how it is uh, with the portal is, you know, you got the, we, you know, we recruit out of the, out of the high school ranks and we also recruit the portal from the portal ranks. The biggest difference between the, the NFL and the portal is that the NFL, you know, who's going to come up for free agency. Right. You can anticipate who's yeah. going to hit the market. Yeah, you can't tell in the portal. <laughs> in the portal, <laughs> we we got a guy down there pressing uh, pressing refresh right. every fifteen minutes on the on the portal. Right, looking looking, looking for names to pop up. You just don't know. Yeah, like how does Walker come out in the portal? Right, he just they pop up. Right, and then there's a mass scramble to get him evaluated, and then next thing you know, you get him on the phone. <laughs> right, here you go. Right, here we go. I love it. So. Obviously, you've been very successful in your career in coaching. What are a couple of the key things that you think have made you very successful in your in your career? I've gotten a lot of help along the way. You know, really, um, um, you know, I, I've, I've been very fortunate to have really uh, good people around me, uh, head coaches that I work for, assistant coaches that I work with, um, players that I've coached that I've learned a lot from players that I've coached. Uh, college and pro, um, and just being able to, you know, to be a sponge and, and you know, learn from others, you know, learn the right way to do things. Sometimes you learn, you know, what not to do as well. Um, and just continue to uh, add those experiences to, to, uh, to what I'm doing. What would you, what are you doing differently now or what have you learned that you used to do maybe early in your career? Anything pops out at you that I... I used to do some of this new stuff that I'm, I, I've, I've learned this along the way. 
Well, along the way, I've learned um, the art of delegation, mm. which is, is, is very important. Um, and, um, and, you know, you, you, you know, you can't, you can't be all things, all people. You can't be, you know, you can't be in, in, uh, in, you know, two places at one time. And so, um, you know, really delegating and, you know, trusting the people around you to, uh, to, to do the job, you know, as good as you would, or maybe sometimes better. Mm -hmm. I know you place a lot of value on relationships connection, family, and culture. And obviously, I think for the coaching and the relationships you built along the way, that's just gold. I mean, I'm looks with all the people you've had in your world. If you said, hey, there's a couple mentors along the way, who would be, who would stand out as a mentor for you? Maybe a few of them. Well, my dad was my first coach. He's in Little League Baseball. And uh, he he's in the Hall of Fame at Toledo. He played football and baseball. And... Um, so he taught me, you know, a lot about sports. He laid the foundation for me uh, from a sports standpoint, you know, at a very, very young age. I mean, since I, I can't remember making a conscious decision to play sports, <laughs> you know, it was just kind of what it was. This, this is going to happen, right? Yeah, this is what it was. And uh, he taught me everything that he knew about about sports and competing and coaching and the coaches that he had mm. and he coached me and I watched him coach my teammates, you know, and things like that. And so um, he had a tremendous influence on me. Um, obviously, um, you know, Barry Alvarez is a Hall of Fame coach. Right. You know, I was in his first recruiting class mm. when we went one and 10. I saw him build that program uh, basically from the ground up. We were Rose Bowl champs our, our fourth season Yeah, there. so I look back and there. So what did he do? When you, I mean, one in 10, and the next thing you know, you're Rose Bowl champs. He had a plan, and he had a process. He had assistant coaches who believed in what he was doing, mm. and he was unrelenting, um, and, uh, and he, re, he was an outstanding recruiter. Mm. <laughs> so all of the above. Yep. So he had a plan, he had a process along the way. No doubt. All right, so I wanna ask you a few health questions. Why do you value taking care of your health to help run a better football team? Why is it so important to you? Well, but, you know, as I go, everyone else goes, you know, because everyone's looking to me to set the tone and set the pace. And so, um, you know, I have to be at my best and I can't afford to have a bad day. That My health is, is paramount to being able to, to, to be at my best. Um, you know, I have to be... Uh, you know, rested, you know, I have to be alert. Um, I need to be consistent in my performance so everyone knows what they're gonna get from me each and every day. Um, and so, um, you know, and I have to be able to sustain, you know, and I have to be resilient. And, um, you know, when when I'm run down and when I'm not in good health, then I'm, I'm not at my best. So give me a couple of your health practices that you do every day to kind of have that consistency of your performance. What does it look like in Mel's life? Yeah. I eat breakfast every day. Something that's, um, it's, you know, it's usually uh, with oatmeal on the go. <laughs> so what are you laughing about that? Why are you laughing? Because you, you turn me on to that. <laughs> you turn me on to that and it's, and it's too easy. So easy. It's too easy. It? Too easy. Yeah, it's too easy. I remember easy. when you first came in, like, 
Why yeah. oatmeal on the run? You don't have to yeah. cook it. No, it takes two seconds. Yeah, I drop five of those wheatgrass uh, cubes in in, uh, in a glass of water, and then I then I go hop in a shower and I come back. It's ready to drink, and uh, and I make sure that I that I eat lunch, um, and I make sure that I eat dinner, and then I have uh, you know snacks along the way, and I and I make sure that I have try to keep uh, junk food out of my sight, and um, and uh, you know, have things around me that I know that taste good, and are and are healthy, good for you, and good for me. Yeah, um, that gives me the best chance because, um, I mean, I work some really really long days. You know how that goes. Like, you know, you you're working, you you kind of sure. you're starting to get a little fatigued, oh, for and sure. yeah. uh, and you you get you get hungry. Right. You know. You're gonna grab something. <laughs> well, that's what I. That's what I was. Yeah, I was talking to you one night. Where I remember him driving home from work, and you're driving home from work, and I go, Mel, you can't. You got to eat because if you're not gonna eat, you're gonna eat whatever. That's right. That's I mean, right. It doesn't matter. Nobody's willpower is forever, right? That's what I've learned to do. Um, really, and recently in the past, you know, couple of years is, uh, is just eat during the day, mm -hmm. like eat. When I'm hungry, right. like eat and eat the right things because I wouldn't eat as much during the day, and then I would get I'd be starving at you night. Lose your mind at night, losing my mind at night. I right. couldn't sleep, and then then you know then right. I go down there and raid the fridge, and right. you know next thing you know that's what we had to talk about. I remember <laughs> when I first came, we started getting together, but you had no, you didn't question anything. You're like, no, if this is going to be good for me, I'll do it. I don't care what it tastes like. I go, Mel, you don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to be torture yourself. You can yeah. actually enjoy this. Yeah. And so I think you've learned that. And I have learned that. Yeah. You learned that along the way. So here's another question for you. Is it possible to have a top five football program, division one, and also have great health as a coach? Is it possible? Absolutely. It's possible. Especially if you have good players. Well, that's a big part of it. I think sometimes people in your your profession, your level, sometimes they'll discard their health to, you know, try to be successful. I agree with that 100%. I think that coaches um, pretty much do what they've, what they've been taught to do. Right. Or what they've seen done, like when you're coming along in the business. And... Uh, you know, if you if you if you're working in an environment where, you know, where the health is is not important, or, you know, um, you know, people aren't sleeping, and you're winning, then you think that that's what it takes to win, and yeah. everybody, you, you, right. we pretty much will do anything to win, you know. So, um, but I've been fortunate. I've been around uh, coaches that um, that had really good had had very really good sustainable pace. Um, and um, then you know were efficient and effective in what they were doing, and were able to you know have a process and sure. work that process and trust the process, and, and that's what that's what we trust do here. the process, right? Yeah, including your health. Yeah, that's right. Because I mean, when you brought your coaching staff in for you know we you brought them over to our place for you know, and again I talked to many of them still on a regular basis. I think they felt the same way that you valued it. And so it wasn't like if you didn't value it, the leader, then you're, right. they're probably not going to value it. But obviously you do value it. So mm -hmm. I think many of them started buying into more of that. Yeah. I mean, I think that was around Christmas time. And yeah. I mean, how many, uh, I mean, 
a lot of a lot of our coaches are you know are veteran guys and you know at christmas like what what else do you need like right right like you want another tie you want to see right give you a you know gift certificate you, you here sports yeah yeah right? i said let's go over here and let's you know and let's let's <laughs> go here. a christmas present yeah. from you yeah let's get better let's go over here and get better and i'm gonna pay for it and yep. let's go over here and just let's and, get relentless in yeah. our own personal health that's right that, so. that's right so let me i got another question here so talk about your relationship with coach Izzo, because i know you guys are have a great relationship yeah we do we do coach Izzo is the man you know and see i i've known coach Izzo for a long time because like he was here when i was here yeah when you were starting as yeah. your 400 dollar a, yeah. a month grad assistant yeah and so we didn't have like the relationship that we have now obviously because you know i was just that right. guy but i was always around coach saban um like i was around him a lot and when coach saban would have functions in his basement like recruiting functions or anything you know i was always like the last one to leave because i was on the i was like on a cleanup crew i would stay back and wash dishes and help miss terry put stuff away and do sure. whatever vacuum whatever needed to be done and uh and tom and loopy what they were they would usually hang out afterwards because they were really tight with Nick and Terry, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was around him and I knew he was a great guy. We went to LSU. Um, I saw him, he came to a game, you know, it was at Alabama and Nick's uh, daughter got married. Uh, you know, I saw him down there. So I knew that he was a great guy and um, and I knew that he was, a, he was a people person. He was down to earth, he was tremendously successful. And so, Actually, before I actually came here, I I wanted to talk to Coach before Coach you came Izzo here. just to to know, you yeah. know, I just wanted to talk to him. Give you him know? the landscape a little bit. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I mean, not even so much the landscape. I yeah. just wanted to know, like, yeah, like, hey, could I could I talk to Iz? You know, <laughs> I want to talk to Iz, and so, um, and I did get a chance to talk to him, and it was it was great. And so, he's been very helpful to me because he's been here for quite some time. And so he can help me navigate, mm -hmm. you know, the landscape, um, you know, and really kind of encourage, encourage me uh, and my staff. And the football program and the basketball program here have always been uh, pretty close with the coaches and the players. Sure. And um, I think it's very helpful as, uh, as a new coach, like for me to come in, um, having been gone for so long and to come back. And have Coach Izzo standing next to me. And, That's fantastic. And he's saying, he's telling people, hey, get behind this guy, get behind this guy, get behind this guy. I mean, that's that's very helpful because he has he has credibility. For sure. You know, and has and has earned credibility. Mm -hmm. And people trust him and believe him. And if he says, if he's gonna say, Hey, give this guy a chance, then people are probably gonna give him give, a chance. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. And then you got Alan Haller. Yeah, Alan. Another. He's been here. Right. You know, played here. Football. Ran track. He was a, grew up here. He's in the police force here. Yeah, we went to the same high school. You guys. Yeah, you guys. I heard about some of the stuff you guys. Yeah. We're doing back at the at the at the, at the Mac yeah. and the 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 little uh, the Battle of the Titans. The Battle of the Titans. And yeah, it's, like in the, that. it's a picture in the book. Is there? Is there? Yeah, I'm standing right next to Haller. Yeah. 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 Way back in the day. In fact, when he. Um, 
came out of pro football. He came over to the Mac, and I heard him at his, as a fitness staff. So back to you being the grad assistant. I mean, he was way back in the day, and he's always a gem. Yeah. He was yeah. always a gem. No, he's first class. Yeah. He's in, he's in pretty good shape. He could probably still do one of those classes. He still can deals. run probably like a deer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, a couple more questions, and we'll wrap this up. No, you, this has been awesome. Um, so my daughter, Kristen, wants me to ask you a couple questions. What's your favorite meal? Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, give me Cause, a couple. Because, you know, well, I you know, I really like those Buddha bowls. You know, for some reason, I just like those. There's like a lot in there. Right. And they taste they taste good and they're just and they're just too easy, you know. Right. They're simple. It was interesting today, like I was going out the door because I think um she was over my my father-in-law's 90th birthday is tomorrow. So my wife and Kristen are making food, whatever. And my son, Matt, made some food for you last week or whatever. And um, Kristen was saying, Mel is a dream. He'll eat anything. <laughs> yeah. And I thought to myself, well, that kind of makes me sound like me because it doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as I think it's going to be healthy for me and it yeah. fills me up, I'm happy with it. So so yeah. the Buddha bowl, okay, that's a good one. I know the oatmeal in the run is easy. Nobody yeah, can I, mess with that. Yeah, I like that. What are what are a couple things that people don't know about you? Um, Is there anything that the listeners might want to know a little more about Mel? That they want to know? Uh, I'm not sure, but um, are they just? I'm a, I'm a little bit of a. Um, I would say I'm a little bit of a like a tech geek. Tech geek. Yeah, maybe so. I like gadgets. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, I like gadgets. I have a lot of, I have a lot of gadgets, and I have a lot of, a lot of moving uh, things you know, I see around some me. Things I in your to, office, yeah, I like to around. have stuff moving around, okay. like perpetual motion type okay. stuff, and always. So you like gadgets? Uh, yeah. Um, Stephen mentioned that um, you enjoy watching birds in your backyard, so you're a bird watcher. Is that true? I I do do that. I I do that, and um. I, I do I relax with that sometimes. I'm not a, like a pro or anything like that. I I, I go to the bird store, the bird. Uh, That's kind of like geeky. Bird store. I guess it is a store. So if you go to a bird store, and then... I buy the book. I buy a book, and it's okay, got so the birds in the area. Okay, that's and, something and that interesting. Bird feed, you know, bird seed, sure. and what the, I got the bird feeders. The feeder. So you're watching. So them yeah. So that. it's so it's not like I'm out. I'm not out like You're searching for birds. Bird I'm, 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 I'm attracting the birds, right? And then I can, I can You're mesmerized use them. by watching them. Yeah, and I can watch them there. Um, the other thing too, what do you like to do in your spare time? What do I like to do in my spare time? Well, you don't have a lot of spare time right now. I know that. No, yeah, no, yeah. But in your spare a, time, what do you like to do? I like to, uh, I like to, uh, when the weather's nice, if I can get a, if I can get some golf in. I kind of like that, and the reason why I like to do that is because I, I play in outings and I and I meet people on the golf course, and you know I get asked to play golf, and and it's a good you know way to, I mean it's just a good time to go out there and right. you know with friends or right. you meet people. Um, it's fun, but, but no one likes to play with a guy who can't get off the tee. You slow everyone down. You know who wants to play with a guy you're always looking for his ball. So <laughs> so when I have time, I like to like practice. practice. So. I can be representative. I see. So like Gerald Ford back in the day, fans were ducking when he's playing golf because he's spraying it all over. Yeah. I haven't been in one of those deals where the fans are lined up on the side. Yeah. 
I don't I just don't think that's a that's not a safe thing to do that right now. Be, right, I get that. I played with JoJo last year and Paula Cunningham, and we just had a ball. Your wife takes a cut at it. Yeah, well, you know, like my dad used to say when I was um, playing uh, baseball, don't don't get cheated up there. <laughs> take your take your cuts. <laughs> take your take your chance. Take your big swing at it. We'll have to play some golf this 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 summer for sure. We got a bunch of buddies we know in common that we could go out and play with. Yes, we do. All right. Anything else you want to share with the listeners about Mel Tucker? Yeah, I mean, I think that I remember when I when I first my my dad is the nicest person in the world. My my dad is. I mean, like he's uh both of my parents, but like my my dad and I have the same name, you know, so people when I was growing up, people would you know, yeah, you're the second. Yeah, they mm-hmm. would say, "Hey, you know, Mel Tucker, is your dad's?" Yeah, and I say, "Yeah, that's my dad." It's oh, he's a great guy. He does, you know, and they would tell me stories. So I've always wanted to hmm. to be, you know, be nice to people. My dad's always really nice to people. So when I when I got into coaching, you know, um, early in my career, I remember when someone told me that nice guys finish last. So that's always been a challenge for me um, to uh, you know kind of debunk that. You know, like I don't believe that nice guys, uh, you know, necessarily have to finish last. So. You know, I want to be a nice guy that finishes first. I love that. Yeah, because I feel like that you have a lot of kindness to you. I mean, my mom always taught me kindness. And it sounds like your dad and your mom both taught you to be nice and kind to people. Yeah, I, I mean, why not? Why not? You know, why not? Why, and why not be kind and nice right. and finish first? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's doable. It's doable. Like your health. Can you have your health and be a successful coach? Yeah. So. Yeah, you can. No, absolutely, you can. No, this has been great. Um, again, thanks for taking the time today. You're a real gem. We're happy to have you in this community, and I wish you health and happiness for you and your family. And, again, thanks again for taking the time. Oh, thanks for having me. Go green. Go white. <laughs> <laughs>